0: The Bad start for Hap over the weekend. That was probably the most noteworthy news from the Jays who lost the series two to one against the Yankees. But Hap of the first time in his career at the age of thirty five has been named to the All Star Game. Joining us now, and by the way, I'm Matt Cause, this is Toronto Today, right here on TSN ten fifty. Joining us now to talk all things baseball and blue jays. Rob Longley, Jace columnist from Post Media and of course the Toronto Sun. Good morning. Ah, I did good morning. God, I'm used to that. Good afternoon, Rob. How you doing? It's morning somewhere, Matt. You know that. It is true. And by the way, good afternoon just sounds clunky. Who says good afternoon, anyone? It sounds pretentious. Yeah, you're right. It does. You know what? We need to find a better way, fewer vowels and less pretension about how to greet someone from 1101 until like 6.59 p.m. So we'll hopefully we'll have an answer by that by the end of the segment. Um, Jay Happ, bad start against the Yankees. Steve Phillips said this hurts the trade value. Scott Mitchell um, said it doesn't really hurt the uh, trade value. So if this was like Goldilocks and the three bears, we've got the porridge is really hot and the porridge is really cold. How say you, Rob Longley?
1: Well, I, I don't see, it, Matt, how it can't hurt the trade value. And, and here's why. The Yankees knew what they were looking at long before that start on Saturday. But because of that outing, when it comes time to negotiate for them, they can can use that as a a chip. So, uh, you know, I don't see how it can't hurt a a little bit. Will it uh, make teams around the American League shy away from him? I don't think so. Will it make the Yankees shy away from him? Doubtful, because uh, there's no way that they can go into the postseason and, and the drive for... Uh, for the finish line and in the AL East with Sonny Gray as one of their starters. So I think it's just, it just gives the Yankees a, a, an added, uh, negotiating ch- uh, chip. So maybe instead of a, uh, quadruple A prospect that comes back to Toronto, maybe it's a triple A and a half kind of thing. So, uh, but, but really, I mean, if, I, I, I doubt if it diminishes, uh, uh, the Yankees' interest in HAP because they know they've, they've seen enough of him over the years, particularly in the past three years. They know what what they'd be getting with them, and their hitters hit lefties like like crazy anyway. So yeah, oh it'll yeah, it'll be interesting how yeah, that pans out.
0: It's a good way to look at it. Also, you know what, what I was saying earlier in the show is every time the Red Sox win another game, that also helps the value for Jay Happ. Boston, I think, still two games up on the Yankees. They're number two in all of baseball and run differential. So for the Yankees, and I mean that's the Achilles heel, and they're damn good team but it is their rotation so every time boston wins it helps the jays
1: i I agree matt and you know this is shaping up as an incredible race between these two teams and nobody wants to be in the wild card game in, in uh in the american league this year because you could be playing the world series champion if you're not playing them you could be playing seattle yeah so you i mean there's so much importance in that american league east race this year and it's such a great rivalry between those two teams. And I believe they meet on the last week of the season, to, last weekend of the season, to settle it, too. So every time the Red Sox win, as you said, uh, there's some added value to what, what j Hap may bring to the Yankees.
0: From the Toronto Sun, Rob Longley's joining us. And we'll get back to the Blue Jays in a second because they're taking on Atlanta. And the Braves have all this very young talent, 21, 20 year old guys who are playing, how that relates to Vlad Guerrero Jr. I want to get into that. But, you know, y- you mentioned it the Red Sox and Yankees. For baseball fans in Toronto who maybe, you know, let's face it, the Jays aren't going to be aren't the most relevant team, the Red Sox Yankees might be the best thing to watch in baseball. Right now I believe they've got a collective 10 guys going to the All-Star game, a 62-win Boston team, a 58-win uh, Yankee team. This is in in my opinion there's nothing better in baseball right now than what's going on between the top of the AL East.
1: Yeah, and that's taking out the the history of it all. Yeah, these these two teams are such great rivals, and that goes back a half a century and, and more. Um, and they do it in, with style, as you said. Uh, both teams like to hit it out of the park. The, the Red Sox were looking a little bit for a replacement uh, last year for Big Poppy and, and then they got it at J, JD Martinez. And and you know, I was talking to Jay's general manager Ross Atkins about this very thing. Uh, last week, and it's it's how do you build a team to compete against these two teams over the long haul, and and Atkins said you can't really focus on on acquiring sluggers, but it has to be in the back of your mind because these the way the American League East ballparks are made and the way the competition plays. You have to be able to score runs to, to even be close, and 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 nobody else in the division will be in, in sniffing distance of either of these two teams by the end of the year.
0: Oh, yeah, fully agreed. Uh, again, Rob Longley from the Toronto Sun joining us. So um, the Jays have a day off, and then they take on the Atlanta Braves. And what's interesting for Atlanta, 50-39, and 39, they're doing far better than I think people expected. And part of it is the youth of the team. You have, you know, at uh, you have Aussie Albie's, who now has 600 at bats. Uh, left fielder Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, playing at left field, who's 20 years old. Aussie is 21. As I said, was already 600 at bats. I look at Atlanta, and I can't help but think to myself: the moment Vlad Guerrero Jr. is healthy, bring this guy up, because teams, if a guy's been seasoned for it, there's no reason to protect them at a certain point.
1: You know, first of all, Matt, that was probably one of your better pronunciation efforts right there. That was
0: okay. solid. Okay, okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, uh, uh, producer Keith Bauer, how did I do on the two names? I'm going to give you a ten out of ten. There was oh. absolutely nothing wrong with either. The uh, that pre-show work really uh, it really helped out. <laughs> Rob, I'm going to actually pull the curtain for a second. Right as, as, <laughs> as you were giving your final answer, I was so concentrating on those names <laughs> I had them written out phonetically and having you say that, that compliment and I don't know if you're being sarcastic but I will not take it as a, as, a, as, a, as sarcastic thank you very much
1: Not at all, I've heard you butcher a lot of names on the radio Matt.
0: It took me a year and a half to say Encarnacion, so this was a good day for me, but um, so I appreciate Rob Longley. Um, yeah, your thoughts just on, you know, you look at Atlanta's success with it, and part of it's with a 20 and a 21 year old and with the Blue Jays I don't want to say they're not babying Vlad Guerrero Jr., but I mean, so many of us are waiting to see him be brought up after he's healthy.
1: Yeah, look overall, I don't I don't have a whole lot of problem with the way that the Jays are handling uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. For one thing, uh, Alex Antopoulos brought up those two kids, know, knowing that they would help that team be competitive, and he felt he had enough surrounding that that, that they could be a, a force and a factor in the in the National League East, and he was right because both of those kids have contributed. In Toronto's situation, do you really want to bring Vlad Guerrero up to uh, to be in a locker room that's going to finish 25 games out of first place in the American League? Is that a good environment for him to begin his American League, his professional major league career? I don't really think so. It's obviously something that the fans want, and the fans are going to get the, their chance to see him soon enough. Um, but I think they want, they want the situation to be right. And, and there's more to it than that. I mean, as much as Vlad Guerrero Jr. is amazing at the way he hits a baseball, I mean... It, He's exceeded at every level, and he's hit pretty good pitching in in double-A, in setting all kinds of records with the Fisher Cats before he got hurt. But they really want him to work on a couple of other things. They want him to work on uh, maturity. He's a 19-year-old, obviously. They want him to work on his defensive game because they want him to come to the, ma- to the major leagues as a third baseman. There's no way they want him to play first base or DH or anything like that. They want him to be agile enough to be able to to play some, some infield positioning, and they believe he's capable of doing that. And then the and the other factor of it is, is conditioning. I mean, he's a kid that's uh, that started training camp this year, almost 270 pounds, and and uh, by midseason he was down in the 240 range, and he was uh, he was adapting nicely to that. He's just a big guy, right? He's not necessarily a, 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 a way, way overweight for his build, but 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 he's sort of still growing into himself as a 19 year old. So I think they. They want to make sure that he matured on every level, both uh, in the ability to be a good teammate, to mature physically, and to be able to, to play defensively. The offense has never been in question since the day they first set eyes on him. So, yeah. um, you know, Jays fans are, are anxious, and then part of the reason for that is it's been such a miserable season, a miserable two seasons, but they're going to get the chance to see him, I would think, as, as early as next year, and maybe even the start of next year.
0: Um, can we continue on the theme of miserable, but go uh, more big picture with the Blue Jays for a second? Sure. One of your colleagues, uh, I think his name is Steve Simmons or Steven. <laughs> I don't know if he uh, uses the full. Um, on his Sunday call, I mentioned that Stroman is 27. Aaron Sanchez is 26. These guys aren't kids anymore. They should be in the prime of their careers. Clearly, they are not. And I, I was just thinking about that because you mentioned – that, uh, you know, that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is only 19. Now let's throw into that cocktail of misery that the Yankees and the Red Sox have five all-stars each, and they've got young all-stars as well. Glebar Torres, you know, was just named, and he's 21 years old. If you're the Jays, if it's about big picture, but eventually competing against what Boston and New York are creating... Isn't part of that maybe thinking about getting rid of of trading Stroman and Sanchez? Because by the time someone like Vlad and Bo Bichette are ready to compete, that could be like four years down the road. Yeah, that's
1: a very good question, Matt. Because you, you talk about, you know, you think that those are the two young arms of the, of the future for the Blue Jays, age twenty five and age twenty seven. Well, the guy we saw on the weekend for the Yankees, Luis Severino, is twenty four right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, and he's and he's one of the best pitchers in the in the major leagues. So. Uh, it, you know, I think some circumstances have conspired against the Jays in in the case of those two guys. But you wonder if there's if there'd be any value for a Marcus Strom right now, and what kind of value? Because you know, he was he was he had basically set the table to be the clear ace of this pitching staff this season. He had such a good year last year. He was right around three three point zero zero in his his ERA. Um, was the MVP of the World uh, Baseball Championship and and he seemed poised to be the, that guy, the guy that would come in confident uh, and, and having good stuff. And he's been nothing but a dis- disappointment. He had one good start two, two starts ago, his first win of the season. And he declared rather boldly after the game that he was back and that he had his swagger back. And this was going to continue for the rest of the season. Well, what does he do with his next start? He poops the bed again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And thank you for using the technical baseball term of poops and pants again. I mean, again, these advanced analytics, they go over my head, Rob, but I know the stat heads appreciate that. Um, Rob, before we let you go, you can follow Rob Longley at Longley Sun Sport. Um, I was looking at your Twitter account. And you wrote back on Saturday. Indifference to action on the field has led to the best Rogers Center wave of the season. Please, Rob, describe to the listeners what constitutes the best wave, baseball wave of the season.
1: Well, I think it's a, a couple of things, really. It's as you—I don't know how how many good waves you've seen in your career, Matt. But you know, I mean, obviously, a wave builds. It takes some time to build. But I think the key to success is when it when it's on all levels of the stadium. So, you know, often you'll see the the 100 level be indifferent to it, but they were into it as well. And, you know, the 500 level usually carries it, but when you have the 300 and the 200 and the 100 involved... You got yourself a wave.
0: I love it. And you, okay, you have my favorite characteristic. And you're right. When all three levels, you're, that is the that is the hallmark. My sneaky favorite thing is when there's a section of the stadium that tries to end it by not doing it, but then the section or two over is like, no, 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 no. Is that how you're going to play it? And then they overcompensate by doing even more of a wave. So there's almost a battle in the stadium between the pro and the anti-wave factions.
1: Yeah. You know this is great. It's, it's a great thing to see, and you know it really is indicative of the Blue Jays season that we're not even at the All Star break and we're talking about the wave as a highlight.
0: Hey, guess what? We still have about seventy or so more games oh. to go. There'll be more. Oh. There will be more hot wave talk and and more Fisher Cat talk. It's all coming. Yes, it will be. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Anytime, Matt. That, I- that is Rob Longley from the Toronto Sun. Again, follow the man at Longley Sun Sport.